Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And uh, it's Monday, Jeremy. It's the beginning of the week. Can you believe it? Don't, 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 don't do that. Come on. It's it's bad enough that people are coming home from work saying, why is the start of the week always Monday? Why can't the start of the week be Friday and then end Saturday? Seriously. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a little wired right now, man. I'm, I'm no. totally wired. Dude, Red Bull does give you wings and probably <laughs> cracking it. I don't know. It's freaking crazy. Like, I'm like tripping out. I'm like. What's that buzzing noise I keep on hearing around here? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no more Red Bull for this guy. Um, we got a lo- wonderful show for you guys today. We got a few things to talk about. I'm actually live on my Facebook because I met a couple of uh, brand new people uh, over the weekend. I went to an award show with uh, DVI Radio personalities, Matt Grady, uh, L.A. Lim, uh, Davy Davenport. I mean, we all had a great time took some pictures they're all over social media uh so yeah i mean we had a great time and a few really wonderful people at this award show so uh thank you so much dvi radio for uh providing us with good food we, they actually had good food too it was actually uh nice. it was catered yeah they actually had really good food there too uh so it was a wonderful show had a blast with them and uh, that's the reason why i'm going live on facebook for that reason so that'll be you know hi everyone that i met over the weekend that's now gonna be <laughs> defriend me as of right now <laughs> they're like and we're done all right anyway how easy it is to get rid of you wait a minute why haven't i tried that no 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 it doesn't count for you 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 can't uh, get rid of me i'm like a bad penny with you i always turn up one crap. way or another yeah right. it was worth a shot well Joni won't let you get rid of me i mean she's tried i, I know mean, well, actually but... you've tried but she just won't let you I'll keep working at it. Try. Try. Maybe next year. Anyways, uh, as, as we've come accustomed to doing here on the Navarro Miller Report, I tend to play a few TikTok videos. Jeremy has not seen these TikTok videos yet. Um, and, well, let's go ahead and start with the first one. Now, this right here, this situation <laughs> is a very, very interesting situation that happens with hidden cameras and in public. But... Uh, in this particular case, when you watch this, Jeremy, I want to know what, after the video, I want to know, know what you would think or say after, well, seeing what you're about to see. So let me go ahead and put this up here. Thank you. 
I'm so sorry, I did not know you guys were paying so much attention. This is embarrassing. Oh! Ow! That's hysterical. Worse is that he trips and falls right as he's trying to get out of there. If you saw a guy reading a book that says how to cope with a massive penis. I think, first of all, he's lucky that uh, in this day and age, they didn't get offended and they found it funny. Yeah, Um, true. You know, it is uh, this uh, today, so um, not everybody may see the joke in that, um, but that was absolutely hysterical. And I'd have been doing the same thing. I'd have been trying to laugh under my breath as hard as I could, but I'd I'd be dying. Very, very similar to our reactions to uh, the 30-year-old woman with the, you know, three-year-old voice at the comedy show we went to. Oh, my God. Don't remind me of that again. dying laughing but trying not to laugh out loud at this woman because you're trying not to be rude so oh my uh, god yeah that that's absolutely hysterical if i saw that i would be cracking up dude seriously like i was i'm wondering if we were getting like a hidden camera at the comedy store with that woman laughing <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoa stop oh my goodness it was it was almost unreal Oh, so bad. Uh, Joni's on the line. She's, uh, she's in the chat right now. She's like, I would die laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people would. Uh, the next one has to do with a politically correct term that many people are using. And I kind of have a little bit of a problem with the term. Not, not because of what it means, but because, well, I'll explain after you check out this video, which is actually pretty funny the way they did this. Check it out. Hey, she says she went to Burger Mill. That'll be nine dollars. Um, excuse me, sir. Um, it's not she; it's they. Where's the other person? I don't think you understand. I'm not a she. I go by they. Okay. Well, that'd be eighteen dollars. Whoa, sir, you just said that I had to pay $9. Yeah. She would have to pay $9. They have to pay 18 Okay, um, I'm not sure if you're trying to be sarcastic, but um, my pronouns are not she. My pronouns are they. You know what? How about both of y'all get out my store? Both of who? Both of who? Why your friend just moved? What y'all trying to get into? What friend? Who are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, let me clarify this for a second. I'm not, I don't have an issue with, with the use of it to describe a person. I have an issue with the grammar part of it. Okay, they is a group of people. Them is a group of people. When you talk about an individual, it's in an individual. It that's what drives me nuts. 
It's like, and I love this video because it's like, they, who are they? Yeah, th them too. Why did you all move? What are you all trying to get into? Because it's like, come on. You guys are killing us with these new pronouns and, sh and you know, stuff like that. It's driving me nuts. Well, you know, hey, you never know. I mean, as far as they're concerned in their mind, they may have many people up there. They might be they. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, I do know people. I do have friends who are, you know, um, sexually binary and things like that. So I can understand where that comes from. Um, I, I I couldn't care less one way or the other. Like you said, grammatically, it, it grates on me a little bit. Yeah. But again... It's what I try and fight against is literally my when somebody says that all I'm thinking is how many voices in your head do you have? <laughs> I mean, that's honestly my first my first thought. And I know that's wrong. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. It just literally is the first thing I think of when somebody says, no, I'm a they. I'm like, ooh, how many people are up there? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> that's just my the first thing I, I hear in my head when I hear that. But again, having multiple friends who would consider themselves non-binary you know yeah non-binary either way I, I understand where it's coming from and why they're doing it but again me too yeah. words mean something and grammar means something too so that I don't know. drives me it, crazy it's very confusing for a lot of people and um you know but hey people want to explore their different sexualities and whatever else it, that's on them and you know more power to them I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm almost tempted that if somebody says, um, yeah, I'm a they, I'm like, who else is with you? That's the first thing that's going to pop in my head. Like if they decide to go ahead and say something like that, I mean, I'm like, who else is with you? How many people, how many people are with you? Like, stop yeah. doing that. You're, you're messing with my head. You know? So anyways, yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny one right there. The way they, they did that whole thing. Now, uh, this last video that I'm showing, it has to do with, uh, well, I, I don't know. Many people believe that astrological signs uh, can pretty much depict a personality. Now, I see you rolling your eyes, okay? <laughs> I mean, this person kind of hit a few of the like a few of them right on the head. Uh, but I'll 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 have you be the judge of that, Jeremy. This is how all the zodiac signs apologize. I apologize. I know where I went wrong, but you need to admit that you were wrong too, because I'm not the only one that's wrong. I apologize for the mean, hurtful, accurate things that I said. I mean, I'm sorry that you're upset, but it just sounds like you're jealous. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry you chose to make me mad because I'm, I'm never wrong. I'm never wrong. Okay, well, you know, I'm sorry that you misunderstood everything I said and you got sensitive for your own fault. I mean, I said what I said, so now what? I said what I said. I mean, yeah, now I hear you. I just hope that you learned from this situation because you were wrong, not me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not good enough for you. Well, who the fuck told you to let me hurt your feelings? That's your fault. <laughs> what? <laughs> Now, a couple of those, I gotta admit that the Aries one is kind of like what I do. I don't know about the Capricorn one. Uh, there's a certain somebody in the feed that might kill me if I say if that's if it's that accurate. And Jeremy, tread softly. <laughs> I said nothing. Um, I I don't put much stock at all into astrological anything. So the only thing I've ever seen. And they say never give a Libra an even choice. And 
I don't know how much that has to do with anything, but that's something that I can tell you for me is actually accurate. If you give me two completely even choices, I couldn't care less. If I can't see value in one above the other, I can't even make the decision. And over my life, I've just learned, well, if it's that way, you make the decision. I couldn't care less. They're exactly the same. Um, but that's the only thing I've ever seen in my life in any of those kind of stereotypical, um, you know, sign type behaviors. Uh, yeah, I. it was funny. It was very cute what she did. Um, but I know people of a lot of different. I mean, my brother's a Taurus and that's not him at all. So mm -hmm. it's it's you're always going to find people in large groups who can fit a stereotype one way or the other. Does that make it real or make it true or make it actually, you know, pertinent in our lives? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, not so much. I don't know. I don't know. The Aries one kind of had me laughing because it's <laughs> it's a little bit accurate uh, as to the way I apologize most of the time. But, you know, that's just me. I usually don't even apologize. I was going <laughs> to just... say, when have you ever apologized? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm actually wrong, which is hardly ever. Aha, right. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, there's actually, it's funny, uh, as as the seasons are getting closer, a lot of uh, holiday memes are starting to pop up. One popped up literally five minutes before we went on the air right now. And this is a hilarious meme I just saw on Facebook. Had to share it. And Jeremy, I'm sharing it because you know one of the actors of this movie. This particular guy is not one of them, but this is funny. Check out the meme says it's from Real Rock 105.7, and it's got a caption of one of the characters. <laughs> Jerry's cracking up. Uh, one of the characters from A Christmas Story with the hat, which is one of the bullies, and it says, Totally forgot the singer for ACDC was in A Christmas Story. <laughs> this guy looks like him, though. I mean, it, that is actually, especially with the kind of, you know, flat cap. Yep. Uh, you know he's wearing uh, no it definitely has a kind of kind of acdc vibe to it and <laughs> it's actually really funny because um that actor's name i do know a lot of the actors from uh from a christmas uh story and although i've never met i believe his name is yano mm -hmm. and i've never met him but nowadays believe me you don't want to mess with him he is a bodybuilder and a martial artist and the oh, wow. dude is Ripped. Oh wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, I'm sure he finds this freaking hilarious because man. Oh, I'm sure he would die laughing at this. Oh. He's got a great sense of humor for what I've been told. I, I figured that you'd crack up laughing when you saw the picture. Oh, that's mean... hysterical, and it's because it is very accurate. You look like you're 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 staring at the you know original singer of ACDC. Uh, ACDC. That's insane. So, yeah, I had to go ahead and share that one with everybody, including you, Jeremy. Well, uh, we got a few things to chat about in entertainment news. Drake, top story, Drake withdraws from the Grammys. Now, what's going on here is that uh, so far the story broke this morning that Drake decided to back away from the Grammys. He has two nominations for two of his or he's got a few. He's got uh, two songs nominated right now for the Grammy Awards, and he backed out, took both the songs backed out of it. Now. Nobody really knows exactly why uh, they've been trying to communicate TMZ, Variety. Everybody's been trying to communicate with his reps to find out why he backed out. There are assumptions, however, uh, one of which has to do with his stance on the Grammys, uh, which he made pretty much uh, uh, very clear a while back, saying that they're virtually meaningless. 
Uh, he was quoted by saying, I think, quote, I think we should stop allowing ourselves to be shocked every year by the disconnect between impactful music and these awards. Now, that's one uh, one theory that he just doesn't want to go because of his stance on it. Now, the other theory is not so much his stance, but what happened at Astroworld uh, uh, Fest, the, that whole uh, fiasco that happened with Travis and the people dying and everything. Because as, as, as it stands, it seems that Drake has also been uh, involved in a few lawsuits involving that that event and the tragedy that happened. So he's been kind of low key right now, mm-hmm. and he's been trying to stay out of the limelight. So they're thinking that maybe that's why he backed out of uh, the Grammys. But I, I don't know, Jeremy. That's it's uh, only Drake would know at this point. That's exactly it. I mean, until he decides or not to make a statement, we won't really know. But either of those makes sense, and I don't think it has to be either or. Um, the Grammys have always had, of all the award shows that I've watched, had more of a disconnect between what the fans and the fan base really felt moved by and what gets given the awards. Um you see it occasionally in the Academy Awards. You see it occasionally in the Emmys. But for the most part, you know, these are projects that touched a lot of people and made a lot of people's lives better through, you know, entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I can see where he would maybe not care as much. Um, there have been many, many performers who've, you know, refused to go to the Grammys. There have been many who've refused to go to the Oscars, you know, and don't believe in being judged against other actors. And, you know, there's all sorts of reasons somebody might not want to. Um, but I do see his point to a degree. I mean, it seems like every year the Emmys were, or sorry, the Grammys were hearing something about, you know, huge bands who've done, you know, transformative work during the year just being completely ignored um you know and the fans usually go crazy over it it's always so political sometimes it's always po- it's, political it's political it's controversial it's always generating some buzz because somebody's pissed off that you know the right people didn't win mm-hmm. or weren't nominated um you just hear about it more with the grammys so i could see why you might feel that way and if it's you know that he's dealing with these lawsuits which you know as you said some of them it appears he's been named in well that's a lot to have on your plate as well so i don't see it as being either or i mean if he's really busy dealing with this stuff you know absolutely he should be i mean you need to you know do what he can to you know provide himself the best defense and legal defense he can figure out what his avenues are and if he doesn't really care about the grammys anyway then why would he divert his time from something that important to go to an award show he doesn't really care about so i don't think it's really an either or situation but again we won't know it's all speculation until he decides to say something about it yeah as it stands right now he's been very tight-lipped about it nobody has really uh heard anything uh from his camp commenting on why he left like, again right now it's only assumptions Thing, you know that that uh, a lot of these uh, news media outlets are putting out there uh, because nobody really knows. So I mean, it is what it is. He's not going to be there, or at least, or maybe who knows? Maybe he might actually just show up. And he just pulled out his music, uh, but he's still going to show up. But then again, what would be the point of that? That doesn't wouldn't make any sense either. Uh, maybe to support some of his friends, artists, who knows? Uh, but there's uh, there's there's right as it stands right now. Uh, nobody really knows uh, what what is going on, and uh, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Real, real quick, real quick. Um, 
So from that TikTok video, going back to that TikTok video real quick, uh, Carl is commenting on the feed right now, and he uh, is claiming that he is the author of How to Live with a Massive Penis. (laughs) More power to you, Carl. I love it, man. You gotta love. I was, I was waiting for somebody to take that opening. <laughs> you gotta love the people, the, our, 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 our audience, man. They, they got great personalities. <laughs> I gotta love that. It's freaking hilarious, Carl. Thanks for that. Anyways, uh, in other entertainment news, uh, Sony, a Sony executive. This is a more serious uh, topic here. A Sony executive was fired uh, after pedophile allegations. Now, what happened here is that this was a sting operation that uh was provided by a uh it's it's a uh, it, it seems that it's some sort of a, a vigilante justice group called people versus prets and they they pretty much set up that one of this this a gentleman by the name of george uh Cassiopo, uh was arranged to go ahead and meet a 15 year old boy that he met on grinder and when they got there, they had, I believe they had like cameras and everything. And as soon as he saw everybody coming at him, he ran back inside the house, closed it. And the people versus Preds started screaming out, hey, this guy's a pedophile. Like to his entire neighborhood. They were screaming that. So right now, Sony uh, neither confirms or denies that this person works for Sony. But uh, it seems that somebody was fired from Sony in connection with this. But they haven't really commented on if it's him or what's going on. But we all know that that Sony did fire uh, did fire him. right? Because the thing is that the person that they caught was going by the name of Jeff, not, not his real name. Uh, but shortly we found out that this guy, George, uh, George uh, uh, Cassiopo, was fired from Sony shortly after what happened. So they're assuming that this person, Jeff, is the same George that decided to do this. This is this you know, is insane. I have absolutely no sympathy and no care for any pedophiles. And as far as I'm concerned, he can burn in hell if he did, you know, if he's been doing this. Um, there's difference between allegations and you know fact but if you got caught in a sting then you know you were doing something you weren't supposed to and uh like i said i i've got no sympathy for you know people who prey on children and uh i've always been of the mind and i know it goes against my faith and my belief but i've always been in the mind of yeah let the parents have them in a room for about five minutes locked door you don't even need to go to trial just give them to the parents that reminds me of that scene from Iron Man because I just watched Iron Man a couple days ago, where uh, he goes to uh, that part of the Middle East, kills all the guys, and leaves that one terrorist and puts him in the middle of the people that he was like going after, mm-hmm. and he like flies off, and he's like, "He's all yours," and they just look at him like, "Oh, you're screwed, bud." <laughs> yeah, that's generally how I feel about pedophiles. So yeah, well, I mean, but Sony, like Sony, has been going through a lot of hot water. I mean, this isn't the first allegation of sexual misconduct from one of their employees. As you recall, uh, in our other podcast, we talked about this as well. The fact of the matter that some people were coming forward during the Me Too movement talking about sexual misconduct allegations from a lot of the staff at Sony. So whatever's going on with Sony, they still need to vet a lot of their employees and do a big, big uh, uh, house clean. And at this point, with this gentleman that just got uh, just got accused, they're going to need some major PR uh, cleanup right now with with everything that's going on, in my opinion. Honestly, um, you know, it's it's 
endemic throughout the entertainment industry. It's not just film, it's music, it's it's everywhere. Um, anytime you have youth who have who are not very well supervised, you're gonna have people who try and prey on that situation. So again, I've said this a thousand times, it's the people who are on the higher up, the people who do the hiring, the people who are at the top need to take this stuff seriously. Yes, there are frivolous allegations that happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, things that don't rise to sexual assault or abuse or, you know, whatever. And maybe that person shouldn't lose their job then. Correct. But if if <laughs> if this kind of thing is going on and if it is still not being taken seriously by these big companies, they are going to pay the price for it. And big time because, I mean, hell, they, they have a movie. They have Spider-Man that attracts a lot of children, you know, I mean, and they're the ones that represent this movie. So you have a, a, a predator among them. I mean, that's just scary. That's very frightening. It is, but I don't think it's certainly um, I don't think it's localized to Sony or anything like that. You know, True. it's it's just something that unfortunately is is a part of the entertainment business and that goes i'm talking i'm talking all the way from ballet and theater and music and television and movies and any place where you have minors who are being given a certain level of freedom that perhaps they shouldn't have at that age you're going to have people who are trying to prey on it and the people in charge need to start taking this very seriously like you said they need to be vetting people deeper than they've ever thought of doing and trying to root out as much of this as they possibly can. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe do even psychological profiles on some of these people that they're going to hire. It's I mean, it, it would it would be difficult, I think. But again, they have to do more than they've been doing. They can't hide their heads in the sand anymore. Well, for the time being, this gentleman has been fired from Sony. So at least that's one predator that uh, people don't have to worry about. And it looks like he's going to be in bigger trouble than anything. So hopefully he'll be out in the, uh, off the streets and away from, uh, from children, you know, for good. Uh, in other entertainment news, uh, director Patty Jenkins drops out of Cleopatra. Now, this news actually uh, happened of, about a month ago or so where Patty Jenkins wanted to start doing a brand new uh it's going to be kind of a Disney Plus type of series, I believe, or a movie. I don't remember which one it was. But she promoted this idea, oh God, years ago at a Comic-Con years ago, uh, where she actually shows up in a car and starts, or she starts skating, something like that, towards uh, in an open airfield. And she starts talking about how she's always been a fan of Star Wars and things like that. Then she suddenly puts on you know the the helmet for uh to get on one of the one of the um one of the what are they called the x-wings yeah one of the x-wings <laughs> nerd you knew what it was um <laughs> star wars baby ask me anything <laughs> um one of the x-wing fighters and she gets on and after that says star wars rogue squadron so it was teased years ago that she was going to start this new series, but it never happened. It was kind of shelved for a little bit because she got busy with other obligations. I mean, she was directing Wonder Woman, then she had to direct Wonder Woman 2. Now she's directing Wonder Woman 3, and she was directing Cleopatra, also star both starring Gal Gadot. 
Uh, but now it seems that she's going back and she's going to go ahead and direct uh, Rogue Squadron. She decided to step away from Cleopatra. She's still going to be executive producer of Cleopatra, but she's going to focus more on Wonder Woman 3 and uh, Rogue Squadron, which, to be honest, I'm actually I'm, I'm hoping... It looks it looks like it's a pretty really good idea in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gotten the stories of so many Star Wars characters, uh, so many spin-offs for so many Star Wars characters, but nobody's really focused on the ones that police the galaxy, the squadrons, the rogue squadrons that are out there policing the galaxy from evil. So this could actually be a really really cool concept in my opinion. Yeah, it really could be and I'm it's cool that she's taking that on. I hope it comes to fruition and still moves forward. Um, I've always been amazed at the amount of work and energy that directors have to put into, you know, a film or even a TV show. And watching directors do anything else while they're doing it is draining. I mean, I've seen actors who are directing and starring in the in the film i've seen them producing acting and doing something else with another project on the side um directors have to put so much in i'm always astonished that they could be actually working on two different projects at one time because i've seen what it takes just for one for what what a director really has to put in time wise and energy wise into just directing one project so more power to her. I can understand why she might want to step away and work on, you know, this little passion project of hers and try and bring that to fruition. Um, you know, she's she's a great director and would have been great to see what she could do with Cleopatra. Um, I'm very interested as well. I, I love the original, but I want to see kind of how they're going to take it and what kind of updates they're going to do. So I, you know, more power to her for realizing you can only spread yourself so thin. Well, I mean, in in talking about Cleopatra, well, she actually, uh, they found a replacement for her, uh, which is uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's director, Carrie Scogland. Carrie's going to be taking over for 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 uh patty uh for cleopatra and so far i personally i don't know if you got a chance to watch the series uh falcon and the winter soldier but it's a really good series very well filmed very well directed very well written so if she's taking over for patty i think cleopatra is actually going to be a really good movie uh for her to uh to to direct in my opinion so uh, that's yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. I mean, basically, it's gonna be following uh, Cleopatra, you know, and her battle against the Romans and the Roman Empire, and of course, uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, seeing her, in we the, all know why you want to see uh, the film. I want. I just want to. What are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a history buff. I, I love history. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's what. T- Jeremy, don't 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 act like you know me. You don't know me, okay? You don't know what's going on in here, okay? <laughs> that's on purpose. I don't want to know. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff in here. Anyways, <laughs> um, another. Well, I'm looking forward to to all those projects coming up very soon. Patty's uh, Wonder Woman three and uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, and then we got Scary Carrie Scoglin doing uh, Cleopatra. So a lot of good projects coming up. Looking forward to seeing them both in theater, in the big screen, and the small screen. And talking about 
Uh, the small screen looks like uh, we got Charlie Cox is reprising his role as Daredevil. Now, as we all know, Daredevil was on Netflix for only three seasons, but uh, Charlie actually believes that towards the end of their run with Netflix, uh, the show actually started picking up and they kind of got cut out at the knees before they could go further with it and make it even more interesting. Well, it seems that uh, Disney, now that Disney has purchased pretty much all Marvel movies and Marvel property, they're thinking about bringing back Daredevil. When? There's still no idea. Like, they have no idea. They, they, they know that Charlie Cox is going to reprise his role as Daredevil, but they don't know when he's going to come back. Now, there's also, uh, there's also talk that he actually makes a cameo in the new Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Uh, he got, he makes a cameo in that movie. I still haven't seen the movie. Uh, Jeremy, I know you still haven't seen the movie either, so I have no idea if he does or if he doesn't. But having Charlie Cox come back, come back as a Daredevil after being uh, doing a cameo in Spider-Man No Way Home, that actually would boost up uh, the Daredevil viewership uh, by a lot. So, in, in my opinion, I mean, I remember when Daredevil first came out, you told me that it was, it was a pretty good show, but... Uh, but I never got to watch it because I honestly I couldn't get past the first season, and I now I know why they kind of canceled it. No offense to uh, people involved in Daredevil or anything, it just was very slow for me. Very very slow start in my opinion. It was a little slow paced, but it was very gritty. It was very different from the other types of shows they were doing superhero wise, and Vincent D'Onofrio's performance was absolutely legendary in my opinion it's one of the things that kept me watching for the first you know few episodes um since he played you know mr big or whatever you know the the bad guy and his mm -hmm. it was one of the most chilling bad guy performances i've ever seen in oh, okay. a superhero film um so i don't know where his character ended up by the third season or their last season. I hope if they are doing this, they'd be bringing him back because his performance was amazing. It was, it was one of the, like I said, one of the more chilling performances for a bad guy in a superhero film that I've ever seen. Well, I mean, it's just, uh, we're going to have to wait and see and find out because again, they haven't set, they haven't said when, when uh, uh, Daredevil will come back, uh, they haven't set a date yet. They just know that Charlie Cox will be reprising his role, and of course that uh, Daredevil will be filmed again. They'll be it'll be resurrected uh, again. Like you, like you said, you're hoping that they bring back uh, the character Mr. Big. They're, they also talked about bringing back all the other sub characters as well, his sidekicks, everybody that that helped the character of Daredevil. Uh, they're hoping that they bring them all back once again for another round uh, with uh, Daredevil. So uh, we have to just. Uh, wait and see what happens there. In other entertainment news, Colin Farrell is going to play the Penguin. Obviously, we know he's going to be play the Penguin in the new Batman movie with uh, Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Yay. Um, of course, I'm not bitter about that whatsoever, but whatever. Uh, so... <laughs> I've told you, man, you got to wait and see. Everybody said the exact same thing about Michael Keaton when Danny Elfman's Batman came out. Everybody said how is michael keaton mr stand-up comic mr funny guy mr you know how's he gonna be batman and is still one of the great iconic batman performances it's michael but keaton, everybody though. everyone expected it to fail and for him to not be able to pull off batman so again i'm just waiting to see 
you know, I, I, I was one of those who couldn't understand why they had, why they had cast Michael Keaton in this. It didn't make any sense to me as a Batman character until I saw it. So I'm reserving judgment on that end, but I love Colin Farrell. I think he's great. I think he's a lot of fun. He's a great actor. And uh, I think he could bring a very interesting flavor to the penguin. So, well, and yeah. And the thing is the, 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 the thing about this whole situation is that Colin Farrell uh, doesn't have many scenes in the new Batman movie. I don't know if they did that on purpose because they already had plans of doing a spinoff series that is, uh, that surrounds the penguin and how he grows into as the criminal kingpin that he becomes. So that's what they're, they're thinking that that's what the, the show, the series is going to be about is his growth into power. Um, obviously, and speaking about Daredevil, the, the movie with Ben Affleck, uh, he was in that movie too. He was Bullseye. Uh, he yes. played the, 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 the villain Bullseye, which I think even Ben Affleck would like to forget that movie ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. It was not exactly one of my favorites. But um, he did a good job, though, as the villain. He did a good job well, as, he as did, Bullseye. But as uh, people who were fans of Bullseye, the comic book character felt that it was not a good portrayal. Not on Colin's part, but on the way they wrote him. Um, they felt they didn't keep him true to the character. But I definitely enjoyed Colin's performance in it. No, and, and like I'm looking forward to seeing how his performance is in the Penguin, uh, this spinoff yeah, series. This is this is actually I'm one actually of really two... excited to see that. I mean, it, it it should be interesting because this is actually going to be one of two spinoffs from the Batman movie. The other spinoff has to do with the, the Gotham Police Force. It's going to be uh, pretty much the GCPD, uh, and it's going to be involved what they go through in Gotham City. So that's going to be another spinoff series for HBO Max. And uh, both series should be entertaining. It should be interesting to watch. So far, they've done a great job with picking up uh, the DC series, uh, the Doom Patrol and Titans. Both are a hit. I'm a big fan of Titans. I think that show is incredible. The way they wrote it, the way uh, the story went, I think it was fantastic. So HBO is making moves in the comic book world and trying to see what can happen. So here's hoping they they do the penguin and the other series justice we're just gonna have to wait and see it's probably gonna be out maybe by the end of next year probably 2023 who knows they haven't really announced any of it just yet but what is coming to hbo max uh december 22nd the return of the matrix comes back and that i'm excited to see i've seen the trailers for it by the way just so you know shout out to mercy she was uh our special guest co-host uh actress singer uh she actually is in the matrix movie so that's pretty cool we had we had one of the characters from the matrix right here on the navarro miller report very excited for her congratulations to her uh she kind of kept it a secret for a little bit we couldn't say anything but she announced it on her social media uh she pretty much burst us she's like i've been holding this in. I want to tell everybody, <laughs> tell the world. So, congratulations to her on the new Matrix movie. I saw the trailer, and man, it just raises more questions because, as we all know, uh, in the final uh, in the final movie of the Matrix, Trinity dies. Spoiler alert! In case you haven't seen it, which has been years. If you haven't seen it, you've been under a rock. Um, basically, Trinity dies, and Neo gives himself to the mainframe of the Matrix, just gives himself to towards them. Now, we see in the trailer, Trinity is alive. And now they're, they've been showing little bits and pieces of it where she's actually, it's now the roles are reversed. Now, Neil has to find her. 
and she's in one of those like one of those egg like jelly egg things or whatever they found neo she's in there now and now he's got to go find her so from what i took from this entire trailer is that it's a romance it's 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 a it's a romance that basically neo needs to find his soulmate that he knows that she's there and but he doesn't remember like his memories are gone so the trailer all the trailer did was pretty much bring up more questions than answers at this point but i mean it comes out december 22nd i'm stoked man what about you no i'm really looking forward to seeing it uh from the very first trailer i saw it definitely intrigued me and i was very interested in seeing story-wise how they bring it around how they you know bring him back if they can do that in a in a believable way i mean given when you're talking about a controlled reality just about anything is possible as we saw in the first three films but i i'm i'm really intrigued to see how they bring it around and if they can do it in a in a very organic you know way if it doesn't seem forced but it seems exciting it looks action-packed um i i loved the original matrix um second one was fun wasn't a big fan of the third one uh, most people who were fans of the matrix weren't um they felt pretty gypped on the third one yeah kind of so, not gonna lie um I, i'm really intrigued to see those characters now and see how they bring it back i think that would be one of the most interesting things i think you can guarantee it's going to be fun it's going to be action-packed it's going to be interesting so the only the only thing that i noticed is that lawrence fishborn isn't in this movie at least i haven't seen anything so i'm wondering i'm wondering if uh if they're gonna bring if he's gonna reprise his role again as uh oh god i can't remember the character's name um morpheus uh i'm wondering if they're gonna bring back morpheus uh maybe i don't know if, like again we have to wait and see and watch the movie and see what happens if this movie at the end is gonna be maybe a continuation maybe it's gonna be another franchise to the matrix movies and maybe the next one is gonna be trying to find morpheus i don't know we just have no idea. We're going to have to wait until December 22nd to uh, check it out. I'm excited for it. That's just the bottom line. Uh, in sports, Tyrone Woodley, Jake Paul, part deuce. So it looks like, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, I could see you're excited about this. Um, <laughs> Tommy Fury backed out of the fight. It was originally going to be Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Yeah. Hold on and- a moment. Not backed out. There's a difference between having to pull out with pull a out. with a rib injury and a lung infection, than backed out. Forgive me. Tell forgive you right. My, for, forgive, forgive my my the way I pull, I've said it. I pull can out. tell you right now there is there is no Irish traveler in the world who would who would back out of a fight like this. Very true. They are a prideful people and they love a good fight. So. No, and it's gonna be. It, it would have been a great one, and I honestly think Tommy would have whooped jake paul for sure i really wanted to see it i I don't know i mean i don't know how skilled tommy fury is as a fighter we all know how amazing his brother is um you know i I saw some video tommy's good tommy's good i mean i saw some video of him training with his brother and stuff like that he looks like he knows what he's doing but i've never seen him in a you know an actual boxing match i've never seen any footage of that just some training stuff let's just put it to you this way he's better than jake That's not hard. I know. Uh. That's why I said it. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got, uh, you got, I mean, but then again, Tyrone has been begging 
for this fight because he felt that he got cheated the last one. He felt that he won the last fight. And uh, by decision, they gave it to Jake. And he told Jake, he's like, let's let's do it again. And he actually, Jake, in the ring, he's like, you get a tattoo uh, with my name on it or whatever, then I'll go ahead and fight you again. Well, Tyrone went ahead and did it the very next day. He even took a picture of it. He, he put his name in the middle finger <laughs> as a way to make he. I mean, Jake told him to get a tattoo on his body. He didn't say where. So he's lucky he didn't do it a little I south. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so, but Tyrone, he he kept his end of the bargain. Jake did not. Jake actually said, "No, that doesn't count." You know what? Blah blah blah. My question here is: Did Jake back out of this agreement, this verbal contract, because he's scared that he knows Tyrone almost got him? He almost because he almost. I watched the fight. Tyrone almost had him. It was very close. And I think I agree with Tyrone that he got gypped. He got robbed. So I'm assuming. That because nobody has ever been able to go up against Jake Paul for the full, what is it, five rounds, something like that. Nobody's been able to do that. Tyrone, he was able to do that. Easy. And Jake was already gassed towards the end of the few rounds. So I'm curious whether or not Jake is actually scared because he knows that this guy is probably the only one that can knock him out or gas him enough that he could beat him and, you know, put that loss in his record already. Or is he just thinking, you know what, this is not going to be a draw. I don't, it's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. But Either way, Tyrone got his wish, and he's now going to face Jake Paul. In my opinion, I think I think Tyrone might actually beat him this time around. Well, I hope he stayed in shape. I hope he's been training, and uh, you know, I hope he's he's ready to go. He's taking a fight on you know very last minute, and if he hasn't been training just as hard as he was before, you know, we may not see a different outcome. But again, this goes to. Kind of what I said before about uh, two football teams playing each other for a second time, you know, fighting a fighter a second time, especially one who may have had your number, professional fighters know how to adapt and adjust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jake Paul's not a professional fighter, plain and simple. He may no, have a couple. Stop. He may have pros in his corner who can tell him how to adjust. He doesn't know how to feel how to adjust in the ring. He hasn't learned that. You need 20, 30, 40 pro fights to learn that type of adjustment on the fly. And Tyrone Woodley knows how to fight. He's been a professional for years. And I think, you know, coming in a second time, he's seen the weaknesses. He's seen the strengths. He knows what he can do. And if he stayed in shape, I think he's got a very good shot. And I believe he has because the thing is that Tyrone also, he's been staying in shape because he wants to do all different fights. He wants to do wrestling fights. He wants to do a couple of MMA fights, more boxing. So he's been staying in shape, getting prepared to actually be in competition consistently, not just in one genre of sport, but in various genres. So he has definitely been keep keeping in shape for any opportunity to go wherever he needs to go, whether it be wrestling, a wrestling match, whether it be, oh, I'm sorry, a grappling match, or it be an MMA match, or it be a boxing match. It doesn't matter. Tyrone has been ready for whatever comes his way. And this, mm -hmm. this is the opportunity he's been waiting for. I think he's prepared for it. And I think this time he's pissed and he's hungry. He smelled, he smelled blood the first time. He wants the rest. He wants the whole thing. So we're going to have to wait and find out that fight's coming up actually this month. So make sure you check your local listings. In other sports news, guess what, Jeremy? 
the Detroit Lions finally won one. Yay! <laughs> no, save your hey, laughter. Miracles do happen. Hold on, save your laughter because SB Nation, I got this off of SB Nation. My God, these people must hate the Detroit Lions. Look at the caption. <laughs> <laughs> Lions win after 364 days. <laughs> and the, even their caption hey. at the bottom, it said, it took almost a year, but the Lions did it. <laughs> They're being honest. I mean, what else can you say about a team who literally hasn't won in a year? I mean. Oh, my God. And they beat the Vikings. They actually beat the yeah, Vikings. Who's, who's actually, you know, a pretty good squad this year. So it was, a, it was a good win. It goes to show that anybody on any given day in the NFL can beat another team. Um, do we think this is them turning a corner and going to start winning and doing better? I, I don't see it. Um, personally speaking, from what I've seen, are you kidding? They're one of the worst managed and I'll say mismanaged teams in the NFL. True. They have had a history of treating their stars and legends like crap. True. Um, alienating them, not paying their players properly, not bringing in proper talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are the same people who had no offensive line, no defensive line, and drafted a wide receiver with the first round pick four years in a row. Well, they drafted more than what the Green Bay Packers did. Instead, we got a freaking quarterback instead of a wide receiver, what we needed. That's uh, for another story. Not going to get into that one. That's a sore subject for me. But, but hey, uh, you guys won. I'm happy for you. Yay. You know, it it got to suck <laughs> big time losing for that long. So tell me know, about hey, it. Tell me about it. You guys it. did it. Yay. Um, but the, I mean, the cool part is that at the end of the game, they actually dedicated that win uh, to the Michigan shootings, to the victims of the families of the Michigan shootings. So that was really nice of them to go ahead and dedicate that one win uh, for them. You know, give them props for at least uh, for at least doing that. Who knows? I mean, like I said, I spoke with somebody that was uh, that was actually, um, you know, that's actually a Detroit Lions fan. And they basically said, I, I this season is a squash. This season's complete squash. It's done. Uh, you know, for me, it's a year of rebuild. It's it's a it, they're rebuilding. They're going to start rebuilding next season anyway. So it's kind of like the same thing what's happening with USC. It's a rebuild right now because you guys have a brand new coach. And so there's a rebuild going on there. So mm -hmm. it might take some time, but eventually they will. They, they might actually have a decent team. I, I doubt they will. I doubt Detroit will, but it is what it is. We're just going to have to wait and find out next season. Yeah, I mean, that's all we can do. But, I mean, if history tells us anything, you know, they even when they've been good, they're not that good. You know, they never build around their stars. They never give the players who can lead them to a championship what they need around them to get there. So unless that changes, you know, their their, you know, best hopes are what, a first round playoff loss? I if that I don't see you know, I don't see them getting a heck of a lot further until they learn, you know, to build around their stars and to treat their legends properly. You know, I mean Barry Sanders quit 
with years on the contract, you know, years on the legs. Could have kept playing for another three or four years easily. Calvin Johnson, same thing. Two of the greatest Stafford, players. Staff, Staff, and dude, Stafford, they had a very talented quarterback mm-hmm. in their roster, and they like he's the most recent one that left. Yeah, and again, you know? they never built around him. All they ever, all he ever had was was Megatron, was Calvin Johnson. Yep. You know, and then even that ended very quickly. So until they learn to, you know, actually value the people who get them the wins, I don't see much changing. Likewise, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, at this point, you know, they won one and they're actually still qualified for playoffs. (laughs) Funnily enough, they actually somehow still qualify for the playoffs somehow. I have no idea how that happened. But one thing's for sure. They do qualify for first round draft pick for next year's draft because <laughs> I think they're the I think they're in last place, right? They have to be in last um, place. Actually, it's it's going to be between them and Jacksonville again, I believe. <sighs> and I heard Jacksonville they just had an injury, a major injury too, uh, to one of their players. So I'm not really sure what happened there, but I heard something about that earlier. But yeah, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see next season. Uh, but talking about, uh, we were talking about college, uh, about USC and everything. There's something going on in college football. M- Mario Mario Cristobal is going to Miami. Say the say the name right, Jeremy. Don't don't Mario don't do Cristobal. That. Oh my God, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Mario Cristobal. Te voy, a, te voy a enseñar español, okay? Speaky Spanish, okay? <laughs> Anyways, what's going on there with uh, him going to Miami? Um, basically after, you know, kind of an up and down year for Oregon in which they kind of floundered near the end and, uh, took a couple of hard losses, fell out of the national championship picture. Um, Mario Cristobal has decided that it's time for a change and the head coach is going to be the new head coach at Miami. Uh, it's an interesting move. A lot of the pundits seem to think it may be a very good fit for him. It seems kind of like a lateral move to me. I mean, Miami hasn't been the power that they were in the 80s and 90s in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not exactly one of the most, you know, one of the top premium football jobs in the country anymore. Now, can he build them back? Yeah, maybe he can. He's a very good coach. But it just, it seems like you're you're going from, it, it just doesn't seem like you're going to a better situation to me. Maybe I don't know enough about it, um, but it seems like he's in a very similar situation to, you know, being over at Oregon. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like I said, like I've been talking about, I mean, remember how we talked about that there's been a major shakeup in the NCAA right now as far as football is concerned and coaches. Mm-hmm. There's been like, there's been coaches, I mean, look at Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame after he said he wouldn't, after he pretty much said up and down, oh, I'm not going anywhere. He leaves to LSU. So, I mean, and but but in essence, we do have a better coach that came in. Uh, you know, we have, we have uh, um, you know, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Oh my God, I'm like, my, my mind's uh, blank right now. Um, he's a brand new coach for Notre Dame. It's going to drive me crazy. He was, he was with he was Oklahoma. Defense, no, he was their defensive coordinator. He was Notre ah. Dame's defensive coordinator. Yeah. He's a young, up-and-coming uh, coach. And again, which I, I wish we could get to the point where this isn't a part of the topic, but this will only be the second coach of color in Notre Dame's history. And after the way they treated uh, Ty Willingham or Whittingham 
the guy who came over from Stanford to coach at Notre Dame, um, the board basically ran him out, never gave him a chance to win, never gave him the you know resources he needed. Um, I, I thought it was a very good move, a bold move on their part, and it shows that they're not just recycling the old you know, the old names. They're looking for somebody new and exciting who can really help grow the program. So as this will be probably one of the only times you will ever hear me say it, but much props Notre Dame because that was a great hire. He's a very, very strong up and coming coach. And I was really impressed to see, you know, Notre Dame do that. I'm so, so happy that we record everything on here. Oh, you'll never just, hear it again. I, that's why I'm happy that we're recording this, because I'm going to go ahead and play this over and over and over <laughs> again as I sleep. I'm like, props to Notre Dame, props to Notre Dame, as I'm sleeping. I'm like, <laughs> he said that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, in other sports news, another one, again. There's a major shakeup in NCAA right now. We have Brent Venables uh, taking over Oklahoma. That's that's a big uh, game for Oklahoma right now. It is. It's a very good uh, hire. Brent Venables has been one of the top defensive coordinators in the league for years now. He coached for under Dabo Sweeney at Clemson for 13 years. In those 13 years, seven or eight of those years, his defenses have been in the top five defenses in the country. And I don't think he's been out of the top 10 defenses in the country his entire career there. He's a great defensive-minded coach. The players love him. And it's a big hire for Oklahoma. They took a big loss losing you know, Lincoln Riley to USC. Mm-hmm. And for them to step up and grab a really solid, solid coach. Now, he's never been a head coach. We'll see how he manages the... You know, we do know there's some transition there that some people don't always transition well, but he he has the respect of his former players. He has the respect of his former head coach uh, who's been singing his praises for years and telling people that, you know, this guy needs to be a head coach somewhere. So it's a great pickup for Oklahoma. Um, But the one thing that I need to bring up, because it's it's I'm it's very hypocritical now. Mm The fans, the fans are always going to be the fans. They're always going to be pissed. They want to, you know, cry about Lincoln Riley leaving. And it's so unfair. Fans are going to be fans. But the administration has now started opening their big big mouths and talking about loyalty and how they hired this, how they hired this guy because he'll be loyal. This is the same school that just screwed over the Big 12 and is leaving for the SEC because they got more money. Loyalty, you hypocritical. You, you hypocrites. Are you joking? The the league that y- you helped make, but also helped make you a national powerhouse and you bailed on it for a bigger contract. And yet the people who did that have the audacity to cry, you know, oh, loyalty, loyalty. How could he do this to us? You guys just did it to yep. the league you've been in for 50 or 60 years. Really? What a bunch of hypocrites. Like I said, it, fans are going like, to be fans. But it's business. The reason why they're going to do that is because it's business right now. You know, that's all it is. It's business. And they hate and it. And it's business for the coaches, you know. And again, fans are going to be fans. But for well, the administrators me- to actually be talking about that crap, it, it just it shows what blatant hypocrites they are. And, you know, you had no problem with it when it was you guys getting the big chip paycheck to screw someone over. But as soon as you get screwed over, oh, I want to cry about loyalty and how unfair it is. 
I think that's how it is with everything. I think that's how it is with everything, though. I mean, when you don't when when you don't get your way and you see that it's going to cut into your pocket, suddenly, you know, loyalty comes into play. And that's just something that most people end up doing in in, in this is particularly in this situation where they see that it's going to be hurting their pockets and they can't do anything about it. So they have to go ahead and complain. They have to cry. Uh, you know, again, you said fans will be fans. Like, you know, like, again, going back to Notre Dame, a lot of fans, and a lot of uh, media saying they're they're criticizing Brian Kelly because he said he would never leave Notre Dame. And now he gets the opportunity. The paycheck was there. He took it, went to LSU. So a lot of people are criticizing for that. But, you know, I mean, that, that, mainly those are fans. You didn't hear Notre Dame say anything about that. They're like, well, he's gone. He's gone. What are you going to exactly. do? They shrug their shoulders. Oh, well, that's the difference. We move that's on. The difference. You know, that's all. That's all it is. So, well, I, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see next season how all these coaches, because a lot of these coaches are also going to be coaching new blood coming in, new students mm-hmm. coming in, new players coming in, and they're also going to be coaching the seniors that have been with the same coach for the past three years. They're going to have to teach them some new methods, some seniors, juniors. Uh, maybe not so much they better, they, but they better because if they're still teaching the crap that Clay Helton was teaching our guys, I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> they better be teaching our guys something new. Come on, holy come moly! On. Come, come on, USC! Come on, come on! Go ahead and teach them the same playbook. You know, go ahead and <laughs> it just I can't. It would be funny to go ahead and see one of the coaches like in a uh, water boy <laughs> saying coaching for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> On the sideline, be freaking hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes with the way Helton coached, it felt like that was his. That's how he was coaching, right out of the coaching for dummies playbook. It was, <laughs> it was really difficult as a fan to watch. I mean, as I've said, I'm not going to reiterate all the different points, but it was just, it was a very. It, there was no captain at the helm of the ship. You yeah. know, it was. And it the ship was, was sinking hard. <laughs> and it was sinking quickly. Yeah. You know, but. Like I said, I am much respect for Notre Dame for making the move. Very interested in seeing how all these new people, you know, play out in their new roles. And, uh, you know, everybody, all the fans, chill out a little bit. Give these new coaches a year or two to settle in. Yep. Get some of their own recruits coming in. And then let's lay down some judgment, okay? Don't don't sit here after the first couple of losses and, oh, this was such a huge mistake and he's a horrible coach. And, yeah, just give it some time this is going to be a very interesting college football season coming up next year and with that being said that's the news in case you haven't heard it thank you so much for tuning in to the navarro miller report i'm dave navarro alongside this guy right here i'm jeremy miller and thank you for being with us so it gives me some reason to put up with him i gotta tolerate him twice a week i mean and then he you know in between sometimes it's it's a horrible situation but anyways we'll see you guys back here yeah 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 whatever right because i have to because of Joni. you know otherwise she'd kill me if i don't love you so (laughs) anyways we'll go ahead and see you back here again uh this friday and i believe uh we only have a few more days until christmas jeremy we're almost out of here Almost gonna, the year's almost oh, over. Can you believe don't, that? Don't, don't rush me. Don't rush me. <laughs> well, I for sure, unfortunately, will see you on Friday. And we will definitely go ahead and see the rest of you on here as usual on Friday. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you next time.
You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report. <laughs>